Hare Krishna everyone, so we are continuing Perfect Questions, Perfect Answers by His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and his conversation with Bob Cohen, a Peace Corps worker in India, aka Brahma Tirtha Prabhu. So, we are starting chapter 7, Acting in Knowledge of Krishna. February 29, 1972, evening continued. An Indian gentleman, by what kind of actions does one earn good karma? Srila Prabhupada, good karma means what is prescribed in the Vedas. Specifically, it is prescribed that one should perform yagya. Yagya means actions for the satisfaction of Lord Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, good karma means performance of the yagyas as they are prescribed in the Vedic literatures. A good law-abiding citizen is one whose actions satisfy the government. The government. So, good karma is actions that satisfy Lord Vishnu, the Supreme Lord. Unfortunately, modern people do not know what the Supreme Personality of Godhead is, what to speak of satisfying Him. They are simply busy with material activities. Therefore, all of them are performing only bad karma and therefore suffering. They are blind men leading other blind men, and all are then suffering by bad karma. That is very easy to understand. If you do something criminal, you will suffer. If you do something benevolent for the state, for the people, then you are recognized. You are sometimes given a title. This is good and bad karma. So by good karma you enjoy some material happiness and by bad karma you suffer from material distress. By good karma you get birth in a good family, you get riches, good money. Then you become a learned scholar, you become beautiful also. Bob. What about the person who is not very aware of God, but then he is an animal. A person who does not know what is God, or one who does not try to understand what is God, he is an animal. Bob, what about innocent people? The animal is very innocent. If you cut its throat, it won't protest. So innocence is not a very good qualification. The animals are all innocent. Therefore you get the chance to cut their throats. So to become innocent is not a very good qualification. Our proposition is that one must be very, very intelligent and then he can understand Krishna. Haribo! This is, this is something that I really appreciate in, in all of Prabhupada's books. Prabhupada never, never encourages 
um, in strong words, stupidity or foolishness or naivete or um, like in like this uh, ignorant innocence or um, fanaticism or blind faith. None of these are ever promoted by His Divine Grace. This is just oh, can I just print this and maybe frame it and put it on the wall? <laughs> This is I like this very much. Our proposition is that one must be very, very intelligent and then he can understand Krishna. Jai. So to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra is also very, very intelligent. Not necessarily has to be scholarly, but... Jai. Okay. To become an innocent, ignorant simpleton is not a very good qualification. Simplicity is all right, but one should not be unintelligent. Bob, can you tell me what intelligence is? Shlaprapat, intelligence means to know what one is, what this world is, what God is, and what are their interrelations. The animal does not know what he is, he thinks he is the body. Similarly, anyone who does not know what he is, is not intelligent. Bob, what about a person who tries to do what is right and is very conscientious about the things he does? Like the servant who is very honest to his master but knows that if he were not honest he would not be he would yeah, he would not be caught mm -hmm. if a person like that stays honest anyway is that some good kind of karma uh-huh so if a servant wait let me get that if a servant he knows that if he were not honest he would not be caught okay so if one knows that he if he is dishonest he will still like not be caught caught if a person like that stays honest anyway is that some kind of a good karma okay so if we have an opportunity to do something dishonest and we stay honest okay Shila Prabhupada, yes to become honest is also good karma how to become a good man is described in the bhagavad gita very elaborately daivi sampadvi mokshaya so, if you become qualified with Daivi Sampad, transcendental qualities, then Vimokshaya, you will be liberated. And Nibandhaya Suri, if you have demoniac qualities, you will be more and more entangled. Unfortunately, modern people do not know what is liberation and what is entanglement they are so ignorant they do not know if i ask you what liberation is can you answer no answer in brackets and if i ask you what entanglement is can you answer in brackets again no answer these words are there in the vedic literature liberation and entanglement but at the present moment people do not even know what they mean they are so ignorant and foolish 
and still they are proud of their advancement in knowledge. You are a professor, a teacher, can you explain what liberation is? Bob, not adequately, because if I could explain it, then I would have become liberated very fast. But if you do not know what liberation is, then where is the question of fast or slow liberation? You should first know what liberation is. If you do not know where the train is going, then what is the use of knowing whether is it going fast or slow? So, what is liberation? You daily ask me, now I'm asking you. <laughs> Bob laughs. Ah, okay. Let me think for a moment. Shlapraupad. Liberation is described in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The exact Sanskrit word for liberation is mukti. So what is defined in the Srimad Bhagavatam? One should stop doing all nonsense and become situated in his original position. That is liberation. Unfortunately, today nobody knows his original position or how to act properly in that position. The modern population is so ignorant about their life, it is a very awkward position. They do not know. Bob, can you tell me who is honest? If one does not know what is honesty, how can he be honest? But if you know what is honesty, then you can be honest. What is honesty? First of all, explain. Bob, I would say that honesty is doing what you really feel is right. Shilprabhupad, a thief is feeling I must steal to provide for my children. It is right. Does it mean that he is honest? The butcher thinks, I must cut the throat of the animals daily. It is my livelihood. Narada Muni once met a hunter and asked him, Why are you killing in this way? And he said, Oh, it is my business. My father taught it to me. The hunter was honestly doing his work. So a feeling of honesty depends on culture. A thief's culture is different from ours. He thinks stealing is honest. Bob, so what is honesty? Yes, that is my question. Everyone laughs. Real honesty is that you should not encroach upon another's property. This is honesty. For instance, this is my table. If you want to take it away, is that honesty? Therefore, the simple definition of honesty is that you should not encroach upon another's rights. That is honesty. Hmm. You should not encroach upon another's rights. This is honesty. Bob, so somebody who is honest would be in the mode of goodness. Would that be correct? Shlapraupad, certainly, certainly. Because the mode of goodness means knowledge. So, if you know, this table belongs to Swamiji, this table does not belong to me. You will not try to take it away, 
Therefore, one must know to whom things belong. Then he can be honest. Bob, you have said that the mode of goodness was knowledge of God. But somebody may be honest without having very much knowledge of God, without thinking they're honest because it is God's wish. They just feel like they ought to be honest. God wishes everyone to be honest. Why should God think otherwise? Bob, can you follow God's wishes without knowing you are following God's wishes? No, following without knowing that is absurd. You must know the order of God. And if you follow that, then that is honesty. Bob, so somebody cannot really be honest without knowing God. Yes, because God is the supreme proprietor, the supreme enjoyer, and the supreme friend. That is the statement of the Bhagavad Gita. If anyone knows these three things, then he is in full knowledge. These three things only. That the God is the proprietor of everything, God is the friend of everyone, and God is the enjoyer of everything. For example, everyone knows that in the body the stomach is the enjoyer, not the hands, legs, eyes, ears. These are there simply to help the stomach. For example, the eyes, the vulture goes seven miles up to see where the food is for the stomach, is it not? Bob, this is so. Then the wings fly there and the jaws catch the food. Similarly, as in this body, the stomach is the enjoyer, the central figure of the whole cosmic manifestation material or spiritual is Krishna. God, he is the enjoyer. We can understand this just by considering our own bodies. The body is also a creation. The body has some mechanical nature you will find in the whole universe. The same mechanical arrangement will be found anywhere you go, even in animals. In the human body or in the cosmic manifestation, almost the same mechanism. So you can understand very easily that in this body, any body, your body, the stomach is the enjoyer. There is a central enjoyer. And the stomach is the friend also, because if you can digest food, you see then all other limbs of the body become if you cannot if you cannot digest food then all other limbs of the body become weak therefore the stomach is the friend it is digesting and distributing the energy to all the limbs of the body is it not bob it is so shabrapat similarly the central stomach of the whole creation is god Krishna. He is the supreme enjoyer, he is the friend, and as the supreme proprietor, he is maintaining everyone, just as a king can maintain the whole country's citizens, because he is the proprietor. Without being the proprietor 
how can one become everybody's friend? So these things have to be understood. Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. Krishna is the supreme proprietor. And Krishna is the supreme friend. If you know these three things, then your knowledge is full. You do not require to understand anything more. Yasmin vigyate sarvam evam vigyatam bhavati If you simply understand Krishna by this formula, then your knowledge is complete. You don't require any more knowledge. But people will not agree. Why should Krishna be the, the proprietor? Hitler should be the proprietor. Nixon, that is going on. Therefore, you are in trouble. But if you understand these three things only, then your knowledge is complete. But we will not accept, we will put forward so many impediments to understand these three things and that is the cause of our trouble. But in the Bhagavad Gita 5.29 it is plainly said. Bhoktaram yagyatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram suhridam sarvabhutanam gyatvamam shantyam richhati Quote, A person in full consciousness of me, knowing me to be the ultimate beneficiary of all sacrifices and austerities, the Supreme Lord of all planets and demigods, and the benefactor, and well-wisher of all living entities attains peace from the pangs of material miseries. Unquote Bhagavad Gita 5.29 But he won't take this. But we won't take this. We put forward so many false proprietors, false friends, false enjoyers, and they fight one another. This is the situation of the world. If people would take this knowledge, there would immediately be peace. Shantim Richati. This is knowledge. And if anyone follows this principle, he is honest. He does not claim it is mine. He knows everything is Krishna's, so therefore everything should be utilized for Krishna's service. That is honesty. If this pencil belongs to me, the etiquette is for my students to ask, can I use this pencil? Then I will reply, yes, you can. Similarly, if I know that everything belongs to Krishna, I will not use anything without his permission. That is honesty. And that is knowledge. One does not, one who does not know this, is ignorant, he is foolish, and a foolish man commits crimes. All criminals are foolish men. Out of ignorance one breaks the law. So ignorance is not bliss. But it is folly to be wise where ignorance is bliss. That is the difficulty. The whole world is enjoying ignorance. And when you talk about Krishna consciousness, they do not much appreciate it, not very much. If I say Krishna is the, the supreme proprietor, you are not the proprietor, 
You will not be very much satisfied. Everyone laughs. Just see. Ignorance is bliss. So, it is my foolishness to say the real truth. Therefore, it is folly to be wise where ignorance is bliss. So, we are taking the risk of offending people and they think we are fools. If I say to a rich man, you are not the proprietor, Krishna is the proprietor. So, whatever money you have, spend it for Krishna. He will be angry. Upadeshohi mukhanam, murkhanam, prakopayana shantaye. Quote, if you instruct a rascal, he'll become angry. Unquote. Therefore, we go as beggars. Quote, my dear sir, you are a very nice man. I am a sannyasi beggar, so I want to construct a temple. Can you spare some money? Unquote. So he will think, oh, here is a beggar. Let me give him some money. <laughs> Everyone laughs. <laughs> but if I say, dear sir, you have millions of dollars at your disposal. That is Krishna's money. Give them to me. I am Krishna's servant. Oh, he'll chase me away. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. He will not be very satisfied. Rather, if I go as a beggar, he will give me something. And if I tell him the truth, he will not give me a farthing. Everyone laughs. We convince him as beggars. We are not beggars. We are Krishna's servants. For ourselves, we don't want anything from anyone. Because we know Krishna will provide everything. This is knowledge. For instance, a child will sometimes take a hundred dollar bill. So, we have to flatter him. Oh, you are so nice. Please take these lozenges and give me that paper. It is nothing, it is paper. And he will say, oh yes, take, that's nice. And he returns the hundred dollar note for two penny sweets. So, we have to beg people in that way. Why? Because a man will go to hell by taking Krishna's money. So, some way or other, take some money from him and engage him in the Krishna consciousness movement. Bob, and then he may not go to hell? Shla Prabhupada, yes, you save him from going to hell because a farthing spent for Krishna will be noted by him. Oh, this man has given a farthing. This is called Agyata Sukriti, devotional service performed unknowingly. People are generally very poor in their thought, therefore the saintly persons move among them just to enlighten them a little, to give them a chance to serve Krishna. That is the saintly person's duty. But if someone takes money from others and utilizes it for sense gratification, then he goes to hell. Then he is finished. He is a cheater, a criminal. You cannot take a farthing from anyone and use it for your own sense gratification. Bob, I think of people I know who are not Krishna conscious. Krishna means God. 
Bob. They are just slightly God conscious, but still, these people are honest to the extent that they don't take from other people at all. And they try to be honest with other people. They do not take from other people, but they take from God. Bob. So these people are half good? Not good. If they do not learn this principle that God is the proprietor, they cannot be good. Bob, I'm thinking of poor people who need money and food but do not commit crimes to get it. Everybody around them may be stealing but they still stand up and don't steal. These people somehow deserve something good to happen to them. But the man who is thinking that he is not stealing is also a thief because he does not know that everything belongs to Krishna. Therefore, whatever he is accepting, he is stealing. Bob, is he less of a thief? Maybe. You may not know that I am the proprietor of this shawl, but if you take it away, are you not stealing? Bob, but maybe if I know it is yours and I take it, I am a worse thief than if I do not know whose it is. I just think it may be nobody's and I take it. <laughs> he has a nice... This is the... I just really... Prabhupada himself is... I'm thinking, enjoying this conversation because he always appreciated um, intelligence, right? Okay, so he, I just think it may be nobody's and I take it. That is also stealing because it must belong to somebody and you are taking it without his permission. You may not know exactly who the proprietor is, but you know it must belong to someone. Sometimes we see on the road so many valuable things left there. Government property for repairing roads or some electrical work. A man may think, oh, fortunately these things are lying here, so I may take them. Is it not stealing? Bob, it is stealing. Yes, he does not know that this is all government property. He takes it anyway. That is stealing and when he is caught, he is arrested and he is punished. So similarly, whatever you are collecting, suppose you are drinking a glass of water from the river. Is the river your property? Bob, no. Then, it is stealing. You have not created the river. You do not know who is the proprietor, but it is not your property. So even if you drink a glass of water without knowing to whom it belongs, you are a thief. So you may think, I am honest, but actually you are a thief. You must remember Krishna. Oh, Krishna, it is your creation, so kindly allow me to drink. This is honesty. Therefore, a devotee always thinks of Krishna in all his activities. Oh, it is Krishna's. This is honesty. So without Krishna consciousness, everyone is a rascal, a thief, a rogue, a robber. Therefore, our conclusion is that anyone who does not understand Krishna has no good qualifications. 
he is not honest, nor has he knowledge. Therefore, he is a third-class man. Is that correct? This is not dogmatism. Dogmatism. This is a fact. So, you have understood what is knowledge and what is honesty? Bob, in a way. And is there another way? Bob laughs. Is there any other way? Defy it. Shlapralpad, <laughs> he's, he, he's like, challenge me, challenge me more. Any doubts? <laughs> Bob laughs again. Shlapralpad is also laughing. Is there an alternative? We do not say anything that can be defied by anyone. That experience we have. Rather, we defy everyone. Any questions? <laughs> oh, I really love this. You know, these, this book particularly, Perfect Questions, Perfect Answer, another book we'll be reading is Life Comes From Life. When I see Shila Prabhupada in actions, I'm just a person who likes arguments, I guess. I, I mean, arguments, not in the same, like, not in the sense of quarrels, but, you know, like, um, a proper dispute, a nice dispute. I like that. And, you know, when somebody can just really, especially establish absolute truth and really, like, I just really enjoy these debates. So when I hear this mood of Srila Prabhupada, he's like, rather we defy everyone. Any questions? And it's like, ah, okay. Till now, Krishna has given us protection in big, big meetings, in big, big countries. After speaking, I ask, any questions? Bob, now I have none. <laughs> One second. Now I have none. In London, we had lectures for 12 days in Conway Hall. So after every meeting, I was asking, any questions? Bob, did you get many questions? Shlaprapad, oh yes, but many were foolish questions. Bob, let me ask one more question. What is being foolish? Shlaprapad, one who has no knowledge is to be considered foolish. An Indian gentleman. Prabhupada, I have one personal question. Can I ask? Shall Prabhupada, yes. Indian gentleman, some time ago in Calcutta, they observed a week named Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Week. Shall Prabhupada, hmm. This is another foolishness. They are advertising prevention of cruelty and they are maintaining thousands of slaughterhouses. You see, that is another foolishness. They are regularly cruel to animals, and they are making a society to prevent it. It is as if a gang of thieves calls itself Goodman and Company, Indian gentlemen. So I wanted just to ask, Shlaprabhupad. So before you ask, I'll give you the answer. <laughs> he understood what he's talking about. Their philosophy is that when an animal is not properly nourished, that is cruelty. Therefore, instead of allowing it to starve, better to kill it. That is their theory. Is it not? Bob, yes. They say, oh, it is better to kill him than to let him live in so much pain. That theory is coming in communist countries. An old man, a grandfather, may be suffering, so better kill him. In Africa, there is a class of men who make a festival by killing their great-grandfathers. A devotee. 
I had an uncle and aunt who were in the army. When they went overseas, they could not take their dog with them, so they said, the poor dog will be heartbroken without us. So they put him to sleep, killed him. Shri Prabhupada, even Gandhi once killed a calf or cow because it was suffering very much. He ordered, instead of letting it suffer, just kill it. Giriraj, yesterday you said that the spiritual master may have to suffer due to the sinful activities of his disciples. What do you mean by sinful activities? Shla Prabhupada, at initiation you promised, I shall follow the regulative principles. If you do not follow, that is sinful. Very simple. You break the promise and do nasty things. Therefore, you are sinful, is it not? Giriraj, yes. But there are some things we're instructed to do that even though we try to do them, we cannot yet do perfectly. Shla Prabhupada, you try to do and cannot do? How is that? Giriraj, like chanting attentively. Sometimes we try to, but... Shla Prabhupada, well, that is not a fault. Suppose you're trying to do something, but due to your inexperience, you sometimes fail. That is not a fault. You are trying. A verse in the Bhagavatam says that if a devotee is trying his best, but due to his incapability he sometimes fails, Krishna excuses him. And in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Quote, Someone may commit the most abominable activity, but if he is worshipping me sincerely, he should be considered a saintly person. Sometimes one does not... He does something nonsensical, unwillingly, due to past bad habits. That does not mean he is faulty. But he must repent for what he has done and he should try to avoid it as far as possible. But the habit is second nature. Sometimes, in spite of your trying hard, Maya is so strong that it trips you with pitfalls. That can be excused. Krishna excuses. But those who are doing something willingly are not excused. On the strength that I am a devotee, if I think, because I am chanting, I may therefore commit all this nonsense and it will be nullified. That is greatest offense. Haribol. Wow, I really wanted to actually... <clears throat> excuse me. I wanted to read half of the chapter because I figured it is long, but somehow I just couldn't stop midway. Okay. So... We have completed this chapter, tomorrow we will read chapter 8 and I just wanted to say a short anecdote, I just reminded me that question from this Indian gentleman about slaughterhouses. I remember one time we were also in Calcutta at Haura station and one Mataji, she was distributing books, so she started talking to this student, one Indian student, and she asked me to translate. So there was an exchange of words, he bought the book, ultimately, but he bought it after this, again, like, like not an argument, but he presented this doubt, he was like saying, okay, spiritual life, 
you know, worshipping God, but what do you do about animal cruelty? There's so much war and, you know, there's animal cruelty. And I just heard it and I, immediate, I immediately asked him, oh, you are worried about the animals, you must be a vegetarian. And he looked at me and there was this pause, he's like, no. And I'm like, duh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, okay, animal cruelty, you know, it's like these days, right, even in the movies, they say no animal was harmed, you know, like on screen, nobody, you know, like no way we can't, you know, like harm any doggy or any cat, but uh, suppose like uh, the team that worked on the set has eaten this many hamburgers, which were made of same animals. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's not uh, like it's just a fact that yeah, animal cruelty means it doesn't just mean what we see, but it also means what is going on. And slaughterhouses are pretty much against the principle of uh, saving the animals. So. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description and we shall see you next time. Hare Krishna.